Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Uh, My guest today is Marcus Freudenman. He's the founder of trulyheal.com, T-R-U-L-Y-H-E-A-L.com. We're going to be talking about uh, cancer therapies, and uh, he's also the producer of a documentary called Cancer is Curable Now. So we're going to talk about uh, his work. So Marcus, thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, you know, growing up, I never, uh, you know, I heard the word cancer and I knew it affected people, but it never really was like, uh, it never really loomed large in my life until uh, I got thyroid cancer and hopefully now everything's okay. And then my mom has it and now it's like uh, everywhere. I see so many people have it. So the work you're doing obviously is going to impact billions of people. Um, Tell me a little bit about your, your history. How did you get into this? Well, it, it's it's probably like everybody. You you meet um, my best friend was diagnosed with cancer, and um, you know German. I have that mentality. We can fix it. Uh, Bob the builder. <laughs> it's just I started out with my wife together to find cures and treatments and therapies and do research, and we invested a whole lot of energy and and ideas and and research and. Um, it started out, you know, like with a complete passion that we can do it. And then we ran into mm-hmm. problems that the oncologist didn't accept uh, what we found or what we brought back. Then uh, Jeanette was getting very scared. Um, the whole concept of if you don't do chemotherapy next week, then you'll die. And yep. it's yep. just, uh, you, you, get, you get all of a sudden into a world that you never knew before. And it's all fear-based. And um, we, on the other side, were very proactive and and looked for solutions. And Jeanette was in that medium half between. And we found that we were stressing her just as much as the oncologist did with our no, say no, say no. (laughs) So It just became a kind of a, a, a battle against time. And in the end, she submitted to chemotherapy. And because her detox pathways were very, very bad, she, she was compromised already. Um, the third treatment, um, the third round was, was already enough and she uh, passed away. Okay. And that left us sitting with a huge amount of information. And right afterwards, another friend was diagnosed. And I thought, oh, maybe he, he is the beneficiary now of all our research. And I had yeah. found, you know, GCMF and SEACT and Laetrile and this and that and high-dose vitamin C and I found so many things that I had ordered and um, CBD suppositories and everything that was announced to be helpful. And he was actually willing. So we started out and always with those remedies, we expected the, you know, the, the, the reversal. And um, it's kind of frustrating when you, when you put so much hope into something and then nothing changes. And no yep. effects and no possibilities um, that, that it would just even change. So for me, it was kind of very demoralizing. At a certain stage, I said to Sabrina, you know what? 
we've beaten up way too big a junk uh, here. How, who are we to find the cure for cancer if the whole world doesn't find one? And the more people mm. I spoke with, the more I realized that, well, everybody we spoke with that had cancer had tried everything. They had followed down every line, whether it was, uh, you know, uh, vegan food. And then the other one was on a paleo diet. The other one was on a ketogenic diet and was starving the cancer. And in the end, they still didn't really make it or was it was a dragged out long effort, a huge effort to, to get rid of cancer. And um, mm. I, I never forget, uh, we started out, I packed up the whole family, you know, bold, brave move. We said, we travel around the world and we find the cure. And we took yeah. all four children with us and traveled for almost three and a half years around the world, staying in clinics, learning with doctors, shadowing, um, oh. and checking all the treatments, doing the treatments ourselves, um, testing out how they would work. And um, yeah, that's how the documentary came about. But Ooh. still, you know, I think cancer is extremely humbling. Uh, it's not something we can just wish away or blow away or find a treatment that it goes away. It's actually a process. And um, yeah, I never forget, I was sitting in Dr. Rao's office in Switzerland at the Paracelsius Clinic. And he said, Marcus, you're asking all the wrong questions. You know, it's really? actually annoying how you ask your questions and you know, after five <laughs> years or six years i felt pretty <laughs> it wasn't what i thought I would then, yeah yeah, you, yeah you exactly you were very knowledgeable what so what yeah, happened then I, I thought so he said well you know a lot but you still ask stupid questions and every time i i caught breath and i was asking my next question he said oh another one of those <laughs> it just he threw me off my game so badly is it, Marcus, look, let's, let's start in a completely different context. I have here three cancer patients. They all have breast cancer. They're all about the same age. And if you look at the, the ladies, um, they, they would be almost, almost uh, similar in their diagnosis of size and, and um, treatment protocol. But let me have a look what I found to be the main causes. And he was the only doctor at that stage where I felt the first time he was not looking at the disease, he was looking mm. at the patient. And so the evaluation that came back was very unexpected. The first lady had a very violent upbringing with abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Um, she had very little self-regard, self-respect, was um, in, in a bad eating habits. Um, you know, it's like when you don't reward yourself, when you don't feel worthy, and that had led to many life decisions that brought her to where she is right now, uh, from inflammation, lack of exercise, slightly overweight, and high inflammation in the body, very anaerobic. And he said, that's sufficient causes accumulated with her. Now let's look at case number two. She has EBV virus combined with uh, Lyme disease together with... Um, a detox pathway, all her detox pathways are impaired. So this lady is building up huge amount of neurotoxins that the liver can't break down. And it was a special pathway in the DNA SNPs that just didn't allow that to go out. Then she had a root canal filling, which was uh, under very high pressure. You know, you do the thimerosal test, uh, how, much, how much bacteria gas production comes from that tooth. And it was in very high levels. So 
It was really interesting to see how he looked at the patient instead of the breast cancer and found yeah. all the things that were suppressing immune system, challenging her, her health, uh, not working optimally. And the third patient really blew my mind. She had a combination of um, dental issues that were three different metals in her mouth, high galvanic reaction in between. He actually showed me how you test that galvanic reaction between low-grade metal and high-grade metal just through the saliva. And then uh, she had a bacteria overgrowth in one of the root canal-filled teeth. And um, he said, I thought that was not enough in her case. So we were testing bacteria and infections, and there was nothing. But then we noticed that she was living in a very, very high EMF environment. So we yeah. know that bacteria and mold toxicity in combination with um, high EMF actually becomes incredibly toxic. And so that was what he put together for her. So he said, look, treatment protocol for the third lady is uh, shielding out of EMF and uh, cleaning up her teeth and getting rid of the bacteria overgrowth from the tooth and you know, when you put mercury together, for example, and bacteria, especially the very fine bacteria from root canal, they convert that bacteria load into demethylmercury, which is deadly within days. So because it was a small trickle load, it just it suppressed her immune system dramatically. So there were so many things that he pointed out about the patient. And he said, and as soon as you ask me further questions that are regarding the patient, and causes of disease, I'm willing to continue. Otherwise, if you just want to know what treatments we do, just go somewhere else. <laughs> so, <laughs> that right. was I mean, you my... mentioned a lot of uh, a lot of different things, but so the doctor talked about things that you've never heard before. And again, he definitely gave an individualized plan to each person. So, I guess well, continue from here. What, what where does the journey go from there? Well, the main thing from here was that we, we stopped looking at treatments and looked at what needs to be treated, what is actually the underlying cause. And I started my first flower power mind map, as I call them, you know, like those beautiful little mind maps with those colorful arms coming out and then, uh, you know, anaerobic mm, yeah. as a problem and then gut health as a problem and then, you know, um, bacteria overgrowth, uh, and where can that be? Because we can have infections not only in our mouth, we can have them in the gut, we can have so many different infected areas in the joints where people have. And so we looked at all of those, which bacteria are related to which cancer, which virus is related to which cancer. And it's just started, that mind map started to grow. And, and um, every doctor I spoke with, was more or less adding a little bit, especially hormones, was very overwhelming subject at the beginning. I'm an architect, you know, I'm not a doctor. So for me, right. it was kind of uh, building a structure and finding, finding all the connecting pieces. And um, that's how we were introduced to functional medicine. And when I had heard the, uh, the term first time, then we started to interview functional medicine doctors and put a puzzle together. And it was really beautiful. Um, our mind map is now the basis of an app that we use for our health professionals. And it contains uh, 1,500 different uh, treatments and remedies for different causes, for different problems, not for the disease itself, because, you know, some people react with cancer, another person reacts with fibromyalgia. We, we, we found that 
it really depends on, for example, in your gut, when you have your gut uh, bacteria overgrowth or your dysbiosis um, in or leaky gut, in which area it is causes different symptoms in the body. So Ooh. it was it was really revealing and insightful, and and that's what we've put together into our training program and education. So okay, I mean, I just there's tons of things in here. So when people come to you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when people come to you, typically, what is it? They've they've recently been diagnosed with cancer, and they say help, or do they tend to go through all the traditional treatments first, and then at the last, you know, the last gasp, then they come to you for help. In the beginning, I had that feeling that we had mostly last-minute patients, that we, we were like the last resource. And, um, but that has dramatically changed. I would say the last five to eight years, it's been a complete transformation. And, well, there's always two factors. Number one, we're out there. We have um, millions of views on YouTube and and. and uh, a big presence, whether that's with treatments or with course finding. We have a training program that I think over 60,000 people went through that free training program, which is on our website. And that really has given us uh, a different audience. They're educated. They know what they're looking for. They, they are completely already pre-educated. In the beginning, when we came out first, I think we were just fitting into that area of let's find a cure and then our documentary was showing hypothermia and different treatments that they do in Europe so that was like mm. a start but we're now known as a course finding company as a course finding uh, evaluation company and that has changed the people that come to us it's it's a lot more educated people and people that know that it's 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 many things we need to correct before we can get rid of cancer. So, I mean, there's many different types of cancers. Again, when someone comes to you, how do they orient in the course? What do they look at first and next? And, you know, where do they go from there? Um, okay, let's, let's first talk about uh, the, the approach that we have. It's yeah. um, when yeah. you come to our website and you go, and I've set up a, a, a special page for you. It's trudyheal.com forward slash genius. I love that. I love finding genius. Your title is really well, good. Uh, so trudyheal.com forward slash genius. And um, if you go there, it, it has a free training program. It's a six-part training where we go through some of the key elements that we found to be important to look at, to address. And we've broken them down in different sections. Like our whole logo is designed to focus on all areas of life. So we first look at physical imbalances, physical problems, um, inherited weaknesses. You know, how is your liver pathways or hepatic pathways? How is your uh, renal system? How is your digestive system? And we look at that from a symptomatic pathway, you know, like how, how is your digestion? How does your poo look like? And how regular and whatever, you know, like we go through a questionnaire and an evaluation process in regards to gut health, in regards to infections, in regards to high inflammation. And by doing so, we determine which areas of your health are compromised. Because a lot of people say, well, I live very healthy. And then when you dig into their lifestyle, you know, it's like me saying I live healthy and um, it's a joke, <laughs> you know, cheat right, left and center. Ooh. 
And that's what Good. most people do. They, and they have blind spots, real significant blind spots where they just don't know that they cause harm to themselves. So by going through those seven videos, I, it's, it's six in the program, but you get it's 10 with real deep information on what does it mean to have DNA impairments? Um, how can you test them? And then what, what could... Uh, be infections um, what are the symptoms of infections if you suffer from those then what can you do so it's a training program and for us it's more or less an education for patients to know what to ask their doctors what to work with with their naturopath so it's not that we want to treat them it's more like giving them a roadmap what to look out for and those who say look I see what you teach has, has sound background I would like to mm. learn it all. We've put that into a program, which is a two-year education program. And um, it covers really every aspect that we learned and put together from, from the best scientists around. So what kind of uh, anecdotes have you gotten from people? You know, and, and, you know, again, I know they, they're anecdotes and you can't say you're going to cure anyone <laughs> and all that stuff, unfortunately. But uh, you know, what, know. what kind of success level do you impute you, does it look like you've had? Okay, I would like to answer that with um, with an explanation because I don't like anecdotes. I, they are always um, based on making an impression and they, they can be true, they can't be true. It's like this morning someone told me, um, oh, a client went to surgery and then they couldn't cut out the tumor. So they didn't tell him, they just closed back up because it was so big. And they told him uh, surgery was successful. And then he lived afterwards two years and had no more problems and the tumor was gone. You know, there's so many of those stories and we, we seem to love to share them. And I have plenty of those too, but they are always just a portion of the truth. And what else did the patient do? And what other side effects did they have? And did it really go away? Um, it's, it's, and this is how we followed in the beginning. When we started out our quest, I asked people who had a cure and that was our first quest. We, we focused on people who had reversed their cancer, you know, six time cancer survivor. They are very, very outspoken people usually. And, um, they went, it was never gone. It just had transformed. And these are the things that we try to sort out and filter out. And that's why I'm not so keen on sharing anecdotes. I know that several of our um, health professionals that signed up, signed up for their own purpose. And these are actually my favorite students because when they sign up to learn for themselves, they go through that evaluation process. We have um, uh, one of our naturopath practitioners, doctors, um, they work each with each student. So it's like you don't send in and it's auto-corrected by a computer. You send in your assignments per each subject and then a teacher corrects it, gives you feedback, discusses. And when they see there's still open spots or you haven't really comprehended, they send you more information or let you make the test again so that you really understand the subject. So it's very personal. And a lot of our students have used that for their own purposes. So they use themselves as a patient or their mother or their uncle and find all the causes, how to change them, what kind of treatments are best, what kind of supplementation. And when you look at the overall results that we've been observing through that, it's really phenomenal. It's um, not, I'm never saying somebody's cured. They are 
still alive. And I think that's really the main thing. And they live a very prosperous, you know, a fulfilling life um, because we all have to yeah. die somewhere of something. And that's why saying it's all gone and now it's all perfect is kind of not true. Okay. Um, has what you found uh, seemed to work for many different types of cancers or is there a select number that it seems to work better for than others? And, you know, like, what can you say? What, what things have you noticed okay. that are different? I can say that um, solid tumors are far easier to treat in regards than blood cancers, for example. Blood cancer, we actually recommend the use of chemotherapy and then complementary treatments to reduce the side effects. And that seems to be working really well. With solid tumors, we can go quite well without um, or with very low dose chemotherapy if the patient chooses so, or if we work with a um, good oncologist that is actually open to supporting um, all the side effects um, and 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 uh, get rid of those. But in general, if a patient says, no, we don't want to use any treatments, the success rate is actually really phenomenal. And, you know, it's always hard to say um, when, when you have a patient that should be dead eight years ago and they're still around, I think that's a huge success and they're doing really well. Um, so, that Dr. Rao gave me an answer because I was asking him the same, what do I do about breast cancer and what do I do about colon cancer and rectal cancer and pancreatic cancer? And, and he said, uh, again, we're back at treating the disease, which is just a weak part of the body, which is a weak position within your body where it will settle. You know, it might have been just an area where your blood supply, your oxygen supply is very low or where a high toxic uh, burden was to the system or where you have uh, DNA uh, inherited weaknesses. So where it settles, where it happens is actually not really our focus. Our main focus is what drives it. And there is uh, three different types that we found. It's, it's that... Um, Body can't repair and heal, very often related to deficiencies, low zinc, um, you know, iodine deficiencies. There's people, when you look at their readouts, uh, when we do a full blood test, they are staffed. And Dr. Burton Goldberg said it so nice, you know, we live in the land of plenty, yet we're starving to death. And that's based on our food intake, the bacteria um, that we inherited and that we cultivated that can or cannot subtract certain nutrients out of the food. Um, we know that it's a symbiosis. Our biome is just as much important as our, our um, you know, to, to, to pull out nutrients than what we eat. So if I eat foods and my body can't extract all the vitamins and minerals and nutrients, then, you know, that's where we need to fix the problem. And that's pretty much the approach that we take. So we look at the First, the, the, where the body can't heal. Then we look at the overwhelm. I, I use very simple examples for my students because I think medicine should be made for dummies. So likewise yeah. for me. Um, when we look at an immune system, I have a million soldiers and I take 100,000 to deal with my infections in my knee and toenail fungus. And then I take you know, half a million uh, for my leaky gut, where I squeeze out undigested proteins and bacteria three times a day, every time I eat into my bloodstream, and they need to tidy up and care for that. And then they have probably a dental problem or bacteria overgrowth, and then they have a helicobacter pylori. You know, if, if I take my million soldiers and I 
deal with all of those things at the same time, and then something like a coronavirus comes along, and then there is not enough soldiers to deal with it. And they will always take priority of the most life-threatening issue and leave everything else alone. And we found that when you have leaky gut, it's, it's an ongoing stress level to the system. So it ignores infections. It ignores a cancer growth because it needs to deal with a more imminent threat at that time. And that's why seeing it really from a practical side and, and looking how I can take those burdens out of my system so that I have the full immune support to deal with what I actually wanted. So, okay, um, are there any therapies that seem to predominate when people have cancer? You know, is it EMF exposure just almost always seems to be present? Uh, is there any commonalities based on what you found? Uh, not, not really. There's people who have no EMF response at all. We, we thought at first that it had to do with the... Um, heavy metal load, if somebody has high heavy metal exposure, that they would respond more to EMF, but it doesn't seem to be the case. We have, we have quite, it's always like a huge variety, but it didn't, didn't uh, correlate directly. What we found is that all people who have um, high bacteria overgrowth or uh, viral infections like um, EBV or HIV or um, herpes, that they respond to EMF even worse than the heavy metal um, patients. Um, mm. and, and mold exposure, for example, even if it's been in the past, a lot of people, as soon as they were exposed to mold, it stops all their detox pathways. So they, mm. they accumulate more and more toxicity. So there are certain things that we focus on and look at. And especially when we go through the questionnaire, it's about 250 questions where we cover all different areas and um, where we also look at living conditions uh, in the past, present, and um, the, the environment. Often patients don't know that they live in a house which is moldy uh, because they've gotten used to the smell. Whereas if you would come freshly into a house and you are not exposed, you smell it quite intensely. So... Um, it's like people on the garbage uh, place, they don't smell anymore. And when you get there fresh, you smell it. Our, mm, our, our yeah. smell sense really fast deteriorates or gets used to a certain condition. And so um, sending someone there that is neutral, that can check or ordering those uh, formaldehyde or those um, little test kits that you can get for mold and, and checking out. So we approach it quite practical. Very, very, what is my... Healing environment. So the very first thing, my bedroom, how can I get that completely clean? And, and so that at least six hours a day, my system is not stressed, um, whether that's with shielding okay. of EMF or um, removing the mattress and getting rid of, of, of toxins or bed bugs or whatever people have and, and outgassing foams and stuff. So really focusing on one place that is safe at the house and then starting from there to really go through pretty much every possibility that can trigger um, a suppression of the immune system, can, can challenge or, or weaken our system. And by doing so, it's like a cleaner process. And it's usually not fast. Uh, it's area by area. And we always try to fix the first, uh, let's say, the most predominant areas first so that we see the biggest results. And you can see that uh, from the questionnaire. I look, every practitioner, when you've done a questionnaire and you read it four, five, six times, 
you see the line, you see the dynamic at play, you know, whether it's a psychological, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people that come to us, you know, the husband um, is sick and the wife brings him along and you realize she is all educated and knows and tries to impart and he is just tired, doesn't really want to live longer. And when you get those patients isolated, you know, there is no more will to live. It's a way out and, and or life is too overwhelming or responsibilities are too big or, you know, too much work and not much joy. And, and you can find that and, and tired of life. So that's one of the first aspects that we look at. Is the patient actually really keen to get well? Then we well, look at really how do they talk to themselves? Is there, is there any kind of, um, you know, self-love, self-appreciation? Um, I always uh, aligning with breath and, and, and um, when you get stressed or nervous, just to sit down and breathe and support my system and send, you know, life force into me because oxygen is probably the most important. How many patients look for their breath? Shallow breathers, stress breathers, <laughs> and, you know, like that constant panic instead of relaxing and taking oxygen in, which we know is, is, is a key factor for angiogenesis and for, uh, you know, preventing the spreading of cancer. So there's so many factors that we go through in the mental department. Then we go through the lifestyle, which is all your home, sleeping, eating, drinking, exercising. And then we go into the physical part where we look at imbalances, weakness of systems, and um, yeah, inherited, inherited problems. So, all right, yeah. Um, have there been, if, if a person is cooperative and they're, you know, they're listening and they're asking and they're trying, you know, do you have cases where stuff just doesn't work and you just don't know why? Or, you know, is it is it just because, uh, you know, the person's not <laughs> really trying and is that no, why things don't I, work? I don't, I, I will never say that they're not trying. Everybody does their best. Um, it is certainly... Uh, not not uh, a foolproof uh, method. We we had patients where a young fellow came to me. I never forget. And you can see the problem. You can see what's wrong. You know, total fanatic, total panic, uh, doing every treatment three times a day, up to five times mm. a day to kill the cancer. You know that. And and he did his best but he wasn't able to chill out or to relax. He couldn't get his family affairs in order, you know, with his wife. There was a lot of disharmony. And it's not that he didn't try. It just didn't work out. It was maybe not meant to be. It, from an outside perspective, I think a lot of doctors see that. And, and it's, it's easy to say to someone, you know, chill out. Don't stress that much. Let's do a breathing right. exercise. And they, they try but it's like me trying to meditate. My mind is always there. It's like, it's, you know, I have to accept it as a constant companion, even during meditation. And mm. not, it, it's not easy. And, and to change ourselves in eating habits and lifestyle habits, you know, they do their best, but maybe not, not consequent enough. So I'm not saying it's a weakness of the person. I just say we don't have a foolproof method. And... But we've been able, and this was um, just, for example, when we look at leaky gut, uh, we send out, we know leaky gut is a serious problem and it's, it's the cause of so many other problems and so many other uh, immune suppressing uh, problems that 
it's something we really want to focus on. And um, yeah. when we go through, we did uh, with our students, we buy in bulk uh, um, a Lucullus Manutol, uh, that, that leaky gut test. And then we sent that out to everybody and they do the test before. Then we go on to a program to find out what changes afterwards. So we go for eight-week okay. ozone program, for example, ozone rectal insufflation. And then we send everybody in their test results again and check, has it improved? And for 80% of us, it's improved by over 50%. So that was for That's me huge, like, yeah. yay! <laughs> you know, I was yeah. totally excited. I can't call this as a test internally. We didn't document it. We didn't, and I think we should. Um, but it's always, as soon as you need to do that, you need someone who, who has knowledge on how to present papers on, on all of those things and a study group, you know, with double blind. It just makes it all very, very complicated. But for us, it was a huge success. And we had all the before and after readings. And all we did was go onto an exclusion diet. It was just very simple steamed vegetables with a little bit of meat for those who wanted, but it was just stir fried, slightly blanched, um, and mostly vegetables and no nightshades. And that's what we did for four weeks. And then we had the test before and after, and the results were absolutely overwhelming. And that's when we all said, okay, that's something we can recommend to our clients. And that's what we can help to go through that process to really re restore and heal their gut and then add the right uh, supplements to it, add the right nutrition to it and build up slowly so that we've taken that burden out of the system. And then we focus on the next. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Marcus, so uh, where can people go to get the program? Is it, I mean, it's online. They could be anywhere or are there only certain places yeah. or only in Australia or, or where? Oh, since yesterday, I have all countries around the world on our, in our student group. So yesterday, Ireland signed up with two students. So I was really excited. You know, we've, uh, we've made that map in the office where we put all the pins where students are. And um, we had three or four students in Iceland and then in, in Scotland and in England. And then now Ireland has joined as well. So we're really from South Africa, Namibia, Japan, everywhere students. It's really beautiful. Um, we have a quite high percentage. It's about, I would say, 15 to 20% of doctors, MDs, that join the program. And for them, it's more or less fast-tracking the learning process. You know, I don't think we've, we have new things or different things. Well, sometimes it's new, but um, because it's practiced in Germany and not in America, like hypothermia, for example, fever therapy, so we teach all of those different treatments that we learned in all countries. We teach about, you know, different detox things that we learned in India and in Japan. So it's not a clean cut one country solution. It's, I think it's a global solution that we put together. And for a lot of doctors who can't travel, who can't, um, you know, spend that much time away from work, it's a shortcut. And then we have a lot of chiropractors and naturopaths and um, physiotherapists that join the program. And then, like we said before, patients who just want to make an impact. Um, and that's not necessarily patients themselves. It's more like the caregivers that care for those, like um, a lot of younger people that join the program to care for mom and dad or for a sibling that is diagnosed. 
because they are just passionate about the subject. So it's, it's, um, it's a very wide variety of people and uh, trulyheal.com forward slash genius. Um, you, they find the free training and that gives probably a lot of insights about the program, what it does. And once you're signed up for the program, you have access to the documentary for free to, you know, so many free programs that we have, Leaky Gut program, and, and um, it's, it's quite educational on this. All right, that's great. Well, Marcus, I mean, it's, it's been good to talk to you, and uh, I'm going to check this out, and uh, hopefully I won't be too overwhelmed with what I see, but <laughs> no, you uh, won't I definitely want to do it. Yeah. I listen to Excellent. many of your podcasts. You know so much more than I do, <laughs> so in that regards. It's just, I think it's, it's a more human approach and not that much medical approach to disease, and it seems mm. to be working really well. Well, good. Excellent. Well, Marcus, thank you for coming, and I appreciate all you do. Thank you so much to you, too. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.